Today, I just want to do something real simple. I'm going to give an old illustration I gave before. I think it would be good. It fits. And so I hope that will be a challenge to you. title of my message this morning is to let it go. Just let it go. Uh, God compares life like a marathon. He says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man, he goes from one to everyone who runs, and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Man runs, there's only one winner. But the believer, if we all run, we all we all get to be the victor in that. Then he says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth easily, so easily beset us. I believe theirs was unbelief. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Like I said before, God... Uh, he consider us more of a marathon than a dash in our life. It's about endurance, finishing our race faithfully. Serious runners, what they do, they strip down from the heavy stuff to the lighter stuff. They want anything that weighs them down to be removed. They want to be as light as they possibly can so that they can run that race as fast as they can. And God's telling us that he wants us believers, there's some things we need to let go that hinder us, that weight us down from running the race that God wants us to. He wants us to remove those limitations, those hindrances, those distractions as much as possible. Now, there are things we need to let go of that slow us down. The first one is this. We need to let go of our worry. We need to let go of our worry. There, I got you a little sign. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, worry, okay? And uh, we need to let that, let that go. Uh, worry is, one, as one person said, an emotional garbage that weighs on us, hinders our process of running our race. The more worry we have, the more it bogs us down. The Bible says in Proverbs, 20, uh, Proverbs 12, 25, heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. <laughs> heaviness of heart. You know, sometimes life can get kind of heavy, can it? If you watch the news, it gets heavy. <laughs> You see everything crumbling before you. Isaiah 5, it seems like that context for Israel is happening to America today. That which is right is called wrong, and that which is wrong is called right. And we're seeing all of that begin to take place in our countries, and after a while, it just kind of, it's heavy, it's overwhelming to try to comprehend what are we going to do and all that, and you begin to worry. Or perhaps it's from personal circumstances. We're going through some real difficulties. Now, worry is playing God, though. 
You see, when I worry, what I'm saying is God is not in control. God has no answers for me. So what we do, we take on our own problems ourselves, and then in the midst of it, we see we can't solve those problems, and that even makes us worry all the more <laughs> when we realize we can't do it without God. God says this to us this morning. Just hold still. Let it go. Relax. Let me, God, let me be me. I'm there for you. It's always good to know that God's in your corner. If you love him, you're trying to be faithful to him. Amen. He's there and he's always there. There are three main reasons we need to let go of worry. Number one, worry wears us out. <laughs> it consumes us. It exhausts us. Worry saps our strength, drains our energy. It says this in Psalm 55, 5. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. You see, it just overwhelms us, and it doesn't help us at all, does it? Number two, worry will exaggerate the problem. Amen? Psalm 25, verse 17 says this, The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. They enlarge the, search, the situation. Worry is about something where it gets bigger and bigger until finally it's just blown out of proportion. I have to watch that sometimes, of course, in the ministry. Something over here is happening, and I know from experience that if that's not taken care of, then it goes here, it goes here, and it gets out of hand, and it spreads like a wildfire. And so when it happens, there's a certain amount, you can start worrying about that. My goodness, where is this going to go? And you can blow it out of proportion, no doubt about it. Someone says something critical about you, and then all of a sudden you begin to roll it over in your mind, and it's not long until you have an enemy army that's coming against you. <laughs> One guy said this, worry is an illogical, irrational thought that magnifies the problem. <laughs> so, first of all, worry will wear us out. Worry will exaggerate the problem. And then three, worry will waste our time. <laughs> it never solves one problem in our life to worry. never does. Matthew 6, 27 says this, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cupid unto his stature? So worry is unhelpful. It's unhealthy, actually. It's unreasonable, and it's unbelieving. Now just stop and think right now. Think of something you've worried about in the recent past that you should not have. Now just think of something you, the past, you worried about it. And after it's all said and done, you shouldn't have even worried about that. Huh? If you can't remember, ask a member of your family. <laughs> They'll remind you of that, right? Maybe it's about a marriage, one of your children, or your finances, your job, your hurt, or the world's condition that we're living in today. 
You see, the problem is you can't let go of something until you identify it. You recognize it specifically. God says, let go of that worry. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Give them to God. Give your worry to God. It states in Psalm 55, 22, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. I love that right there. He said, just cast them up on God. Somebody says, well, how do I do it? Well, the only way that I found out that you can cast your worry upon God is through prayer. That's the answer to worry, is prayer. Paul says it like this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful, don't worry about, for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, it's in prayer that if we're real with God, God gets real with us, and he calms us. He begins to give us the faith. And then all of a sudden, there is a peace about it. God's here. God's helping. God can handle what I'm going through. And as a result of that, you have peace and your worry is taken care of through prayer. The second thing is we need to let go of our wounds. Our wounds. There you go. There's our wounds. Okay? And uh, that's really important because I think it's not physical, okay, that I'm talking about, but emotional, spiritual wounds. The way in which we've been hurt, we suffer not outwardly, but we suffer inwardly. Perhaps it's created by someone you love lied to you. A promise was made to you and that person broke it. You're in a conflict with a family member. Angry words were said. You've been wounded. You've had a betrayal, a rejection, a misunderstanding. You've been devalued, overlooked, lied about, loneliness. All that's inward. Psalm 109 verse 22 says this here. For I am poor and needy and my heart is wounded, where? Within me. It might not look like it on the outside, but inside I'm hurting. That's what he's saying here. Usually these internal wounds are more destructive than the outward, the external wounds. Most don't remember all the scrapes, the cuts, the bruises that you received as a child, a kid, a young person. You don't remember all of those, but more than likely, we do remember the cutting words, the emotional bruises we received from bullies, friends, parents, leaders, 
those who put us down, rejected us, labeled us. And it still hurts at times. Have you ever wondered why you still remember those things? Huh? The reason is because we've rehearsed them over and over and over in our minds. Actually, that's kind of dumb because people of our past should no longer hurt us. And the only reason they hurt us today is because we let them. We have to stop allowing someone in our past to control our present. Amen? Regardless of what they've said to us. I think of uh, uh, Nicole C. Mullen, a uh, black contemporary gospel singer, and uh, when she sings, she would always smile. And she had such a wonderful uh, uh, natural presence about herself. And somebody says, listen, how can you smile? We, we know your story, what happened to you when you were young. You were raped, but yet you can smile. How can you do that? And she said this, I chose to let it go. That's what she said. Holding onto a hurt creates resentment. Resentment. Re means again, and sentiment means to cut. Every time I remind myself of something, someone that has hurt me, we cut ourselves again. When we repay or replay in our minds, we open our wounds. We readminister the pain. We recut ourselves again by holding on to the memory. And God says, Listen, what I want you to do, I want you to let it go. I want you to forgive them. You see, when it pops into our minds, it's our responsibility at that time to fight it. To put up a fight, you stand, you don't allow it to knock you down or make you depressed and take you out of living in life. Remind yourself, let go of it, refuse to allow it, to dwell or consume your thinking. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. What should I think? Philippians 4.8 says this here. And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, lovely, things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Focus on who you are in Christ now. And who you are in Christ, you have those things. They can become part of you as you learn and apply the word of God to your life. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, 
and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Just believe what God's word says, and you can go forward there. You know, you can get a three-by-five card. You can put verses in how verses that tell you how to stand. And then when these memories start coming, pull your card out and start looking at those verses. And they will help encourage you. And they will remind you of the truth of God's word. This is so important. And the reason is because we can't be fully released to fulfill God's purpose for our future if we're always rehashing or controlled by the past. So regardless of what they've said about you or done to you, it's time to put it behind you. Amen? If you're driving by looking in your rearview mirror, you're going to crash and if you're always looking at those past and those memories, you're going to crash. <laughs> Let go of it. Move on. As Cleve McClary said, most decorated Vietnam veteran, he was on that hill and all of his buddies all around him, dead or maybe one other person alive, and he had his last round, and he shot it. And the Viet Cong was coming up on the hill, and a helicopter came in at that last moment and pulled him out of there. He had all kinds of wounds and shots and, and Viet Cong all around him and everything. He said, how, how do you get going forward? And I met him personally. He's a wonderful man. And Cleve said, fight old. Forget it, drive on. That's what he said. Forget it, drive on. Go on with your life that God has for you. So the only way to let go of worry is prayer. The way to let go of our wounds is forgiveness. Hello? Is forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind one to another tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You say you're saved. How much did Christ forgive you? Quite a bit. Then I can't forgive a person who's done one thing, or a couple things, several things, whatever. Look what Christ did for me, and then I can't forgive them. Something's wrong with my Christianity there. But if we do forgive, Psalm 147, verse 3 says, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. There's a healing process that will begin to take place when you forgive. A lot of you don't know Kenny Arthur's story, how he was brought up and his dad was hardly ever around, wasn't the nicest man to Kenny and so on. And... Uh, drank all the time and ironically he was hit by a drunk drunken uh, driver and he was killed Kenny told me how 
he went to his father's grave site. He said, Dad, I forgive you. There's a release that takes place there. And I believe with all my heart, one of the greatest things we can do is be a forgiver. Huh? Be a forgiver. The third thing, we need to let go of our wrongs. Boy, I qualify here. Let go of our wrongs. That's our sins, our mistakes, our regrets, our failures, the things we wish we hadn't done. We feel awful about it, feel guilty. (laughs) So God said, hey, it's time to clean our house. Why is it important to keep our house clean? That's to help remove that guilt. Because here's guilt. Guilt disconnects us emotionally from God. You ever feel so distant from God? He seems so far away. That's what guilt will do to you. It'll drive that wedge down and you don't sense the closeness in your relationship with God. How often do you take the garbage or the trash out? Do you take it out once a year? If you do, your house stinks. You should do it daily. And each day with the Lord, we should evaluate, not only the good thing, we should evaluate what's wrong in our life and accept it as a fact that as a believer, I know we're already forgiven. When you put your faith In Jesus Christ, his death, burial, resurrection, at that moment, all your sin is forgiven. Your past, present, future sin. It's all forgiven already. And so I come to accept this as a fact. Then I thank him, I praise him, and if you want confession, what does confession mean? It means I agree with what God says is true. And I'm agreeing with God that this is what I did this day in my life that was sinful, and I acknowledge that, and I move on. And I try to make a plan to put something in my life so that I will stop repeating that sin. Why do I do that sin? What happens around me, that that takes place in my life. So I can make some changes so I'm not doing that any longer. Just need to be wise about it. Guilt discourages and depresses us. You know, it's difficult to be guilty and happy at the same time. (laughs) Often we try to cover up our guilt through our activities, through our purchasing of things, drugs, but we still feel miserable. David proved that. He said in Psalm 51, verse 3, he says this, For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. David says, You know, God, 
this thing, it just keeps coming back to me. And it's really awful. I feel miserable about what I've done. So, to take care of our worries, prayer. To help us with our wounds, forgiveness. And to help us with our wrongs, admitting. Admitting. That's our wrongs. Psalm 51 verse 4 says this. Against thee, thee only have I sinned. And I done this evil with Bathsheba, with her husband, in, the, in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou judgest or speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. God, I'm admitting when you judge, here's what I've done, and you know what I've done. I've failed. Have you fallen lately? Have you failed God lately? You come to a point and you say, God, I was wrong. That's admitting. I sinned. I'm not justifying my sin or my actions. I'm not making any excuses. I'm not rationalizing it. I did it. God, I'm guilty. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 7 1. I'm about done. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I, I love that verse. It tells me that we can do it. So our answer is very, very simple. And I've given this illustration before, so I apologize for that, but it's been a while, but it just fits here. 1 Peter 5, 7 is our answer. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Huh? I told somebody I was going to do my laundry today. And I am. I'm going to take my worry and I'm going to cast it to God's greatness and faithfulness. I'm going to take all my wounds and I'm going to cast them into God's love. And I'll take all my wrongs. I'm going to cast them into the love of God who has already forgiven me because I'm saved. I'm going to put them in there. Now, all the things in my life are pretty heavy. Huh? Now, I can keep carrying those things in my life, and I'm going to be an unhappy camper. I'm going to be miserable just keeping all those in my, on, on myself and in my life. I can either keep carrying it, or I can cast them up onto God. But like most people, you say, okay, 
and we cast them upon God, then all of a sudden, we just keep, keep them around. We just keep dragging them around. We haven't really let it go. Huh? God says, what I want you to do is I want you to let it go. I want you to cut it off of your life. And I want you to cast it. Now in my life, I don't have that any longer. I'm free. I'm happy. I'm in a right relationship with God. Because I've cast my burdens of worry, of wounds, and of wrongs upon his care. And he careth for me. I don't have to carry that garbage around with me any longer. Now I'm free. How about you this morning? Huh? Cast them up on him. He's not a God of judgment up there waiting to beat you over the head. You know, he's there with open arms. Brother, you're lost. You need to trust him as your savior today. He died for you, was buried, and rose again. But as a believer... These things crop up in our life and we have to get rid of them so we can continue the journey, the race that God has set before us. He wants all of us to receive a crown that's incorruptible and we get that as we endure and we're faithful to it. I believe with all my heart soon Jesus is coming. It's getting closer and closer. And we don't have very many years left. Richard says he's coming in December. Now, he said that for the last 10 years. But beside that, that's a false prophet, Richard. I, but truthfully... At my age, I know I'm going to be seeing my Savior face to face soon. I don't have time to mess around. It's time to get right and make sure I'm right as a believer, as a husband, as a pastor. I want to be all God wants me to be because I'm going to see him very quickly. You too, though. Time is short. I believe the rapture's any moment. I believe he's coming back for us. And I believe he's coming back soon. As you see all the nations coming together and you see this nation rising and so on and Turkey where Antichrist comes from as being an Assyrian and you see all these things and the, the army from the north getting powerful again and the east coming from and you see all these things you can't help saying, that's for Israel. So the rapture is before that. So it must be soon. And I just pray we're ready because we've cleaned our houses. Huh? And we've cast them on God. Father, we love you. I just pray you dismiss us this morning uh, with hope and assurance that we're saved, but also the fact that these things don't have to be in our lives to keep pulling us down. 
we can cast them on you and you'll take each and every one of them. May this message sink into hearts of a number of our people here this morning and may they do that even this day in Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.